talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And we are back from our staycation week last week and ready to talk about stuff. I know. Did you do anything on your uh, time off, your rare break from this? Well, yeah. I mean, because we don't have vacation vacations (laughs) uh, anymore, it's we just were like, you know what? Let's take a week. We've been doing this for months and it'd be nice to have, you know, a break from recording and doing all the research and editing and whatever. Uh, So honestly, what I did last week, very exciting. And I'm sure, um, you know, really lifted my spirits was I decided to watch Schindler's List on Netflix (laughs) on Monday instead of recording. So uh, good movie. Um, Depressing, though. So, you know, there you have it. Yeah, I hadn't heard that before, I I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never seen it, and I was like, it's on Netflix. I might as well watch it while I'm here. It's like three and a half hours, so I was like, this is a great time. Yeah, 2020 vibes. Like, what what else do you need? Just pack on the depression, you know? Right, exactly. Did you do anything exciting? Um, Well... we realized that there's another full season of The Bachelorette like on Hulu that they just dropped like just an old one Andy Dorfman season so we binge watched that (laughs) is that a season that you'd already seen or that you hadn't seen before I'm fairly certain I watched it but there was still a lot that I didn't remember so I don't know if it was one that I just like watched highlights of it's like it's a famous season because it's the first one with Nick Vial, who goes on to kind of become a bachelor um, tentpole figure. And it features uh, the guy. She ended up writing a tell-all book that sort of accused the winner of some emotional and verbal abuse post uh, Happily oh Ever gosh. After. So it was like a juicier season. But yeah, I mean, really just prepping for the... <laughs> disaster that is bound to be this year's bachelorette which i'm very excited about i mean we got confirmation finally that like yes as we discussed on our last episode tasia was gonna be the new bachelorette but claire is still there doing like filming bits so we don't know what that'll be and then like 18 different bachelorette alumni have like appeared on set so we don't know why they're all there and chris harrison the host took his kid to college and so he broke quarantine and so he had to quarantine again and so they announced that jojo who was a previous bachelorette would be stepping in as a host for the two weeks that he couldn't be filming and so it is just a hot mess and i really i really don't know what to anticipate this coming fall but i'm excited for it Yeah, I mean, this whole production just seems cursed (laughs) and like it's going to be disaster. And I can't tell yet if that means that it's going to be good TV (laughs) or if it's going to be bad TV. I'm hopeful that they'll pull it together. Like, I think that's something they thrive in is taking truly bizarre choices and making good television out of it. And honestly, it sounds like it'll end up being sort of like a bachelor in paradise strange crossover with a little bit more levity to it and kind of all these cameos and stuff so maybe less taking itself less seriously as Tasha rushes to find her true love in like the five weeks she has left or whatever but who knows interesting i mean why would they only have five weeks left like these people can just hang it forever <laughs> what else they got to they be have doing? a filming production schedule okay i think usually 
They do it in eight weeks, the whole season. <laughs> LOL, LOL. Um, yeah. Also, just uh, we sort of ran into the news there, but we do have a review that we got on email. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, I apologize for taking over the podcast then. Please do tell. Yes. Uh, Caitlin sent us an email that said, Dear Shelby and Matt, thank you for giving me entertainment twice a week. Your opinions make me laugh as always, even in this pandemic. I love hearing your pop culture roundups, especially who needs Google when I have you two. Am I right? <laughs> Continue the great entertainment. And I love your podcast so much, which was very kind of her. That is, that is so sweet. And even while we were on hiatus. I know. I mean, I was really looking for sort of more emails indicting either Shelby's <laughs> love of Taylor Swift or Shelby's movie choices for the mm. 100th episode or something. Right, so if you have right. those types of emails, you could please also send those to PSURong at gmail.com or, <laughs> or, you know, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and also have, you know, critiques of Shelby. That would be great as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess most of the critiques have been about you, so I can understand why you're desperate <laughs> for some recalibration. I there. just want a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also I had to ask on record, um, you watched The Lost World for the first time, is that correct from your uh from your Instagram stories? Well yes. Um <laughs> so I I mean you're obviously huge Jurassic yeah, yeah. Park fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you convinced me to read the books yes, last okay. year, two years ago, whenever that was. And I had I had seen I had, I'm fairly certain that I had seen all three of the original Jurassic Park movies like in my childhood right. at some point or maybe had seen parts of them or they were on TV or something like I had memories from what when I was watching this, I was like, OK, I remember pieces mm-hmm. of this, but I had not sat down and like watched the full version as an adult Mm -hmm. and it's on netflix again you know they're getting these new things on there so i decided Mm -hmm. hey let me watch this and it was really interesting sort of the way that they combined pieces from the second book some things from the first book that didn't make it into the first movie and then just some (laughs) totally out of left field ludicrous shenanigans uh into this movie so i enjoyed it i guess here's the other thing i felt like the bar was low because (laughs) i came into it with the uh jurassic world movies as probably the most recent foray into jurassic park that i had so i was expecting that caliber and the fact that it was significantly better than both Mm -hmm, of those mm -hmm. made me very excited and i'm looking forward to now watching the third one oh i'm excited for you to watch the third one there has been sort of a renaissance conversation about the original trilogy i've noticed on twitter through the last few months i think probably because it was just added to netflix again um I rewatched all of them already in the pandemic, but then we rewatched Jurassic Park because I love it so much. Literally timeless. And so my feelings about Lost World and JP3 really like vary. Like I think if it comes down to ranking, I do like the Lost World like second best. Like that's my follow up to Jurassic Park. But there's just the end of Lost World is disappointing to me when they end up in San Diego. But the beginning of JP3 is weird to me because there's this whole like dream sequence. But I'm excited for you to watch because I do think they're far and above like better than the Jurassic World. Just as far as the characters are still pretty strong and interesting. And even the like dinosaurs and the um, 
the like attacks and stuff themselves, I think are more kind of realistic or raw than the VX like overshowing, you know, dinosaur eats dinosaur eats dinosaur of Jurassic World. So I think they still hold up pretty well. Also, I did not realize that the like child in the second Jurassic Park movie, because, you know, they we always got to have a child in here for, it, for no real reason, um, was also in Harriet the Spy and is like the best friend in Harriet the Spy. So that oh. was exciting for me to see her there. Well, and you have, um, I always forget his name, but he's the he's the wildlife photographer guy who's there. Oh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yes, I was sort of like, oh, Vince, you're here. And again, not really doing like anything funny, just sort of there. Just the weirdest choice for him, but love it. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and Julianne uh, Moore is in it. I yeah. I feel like so far though, the Jurassic Park franchise is of diminishing returns yeah. like each one is worse than the previous one and we'll see if jurassic park 3 like slots in where it should but uh, as yeah. far as like the first two jurassic parks and the first two jurassic worlds they just like each get slightly worse than the I one know. before them and i'm nervous about jurassic world 3 i guess because they are bringing back the original trio which one I was excited, but now I think they're just going to like bastardize these characters that I love so much. So we'll I mean, here's the thing, though, it's truly I don't think they could make a movie worse than Jurassic World <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. Like it was so unbearably bad that yeah. I think no matter what they do, it has to be better than that. Oh, you're such an optimist. I always forget. <laughs> I mean, knock on what? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I mean, I guess that's sort of news. And um, to segue, uh, I'm sure some theater somewhere is showing Lost World (laughs) on the big screen. Well, I was going to bring this up. (laughs) So the theaters are now opening, you know, after being pushed back 75 times. uh, Tenet is supposedly coming out Labor Day weekend in the U.S. And so theaters are now fully engaged they're opening up this friday regals and amc's are across the country showing a slate of older movies a couple sort of unknown new movies and they're gearing up for the tenant release which will be the first big movie that opens in the u.s so it's very strange because like Some theaters are opening, some theaters aren't. It depends on the area, it depends on the city, you know, all of these different like ordinances. I'm down in Florida right now, and like the Regal is opening this week, the AMCs aren't opening till next week for whatever reason. (laughs) Um, AMC decided that they were going to try to entice people to come back to theaters by on their (laughs) opening day, which is this Thursday, having only 15 cent movie tickets (laughs) which is like a fun thing but also during a pandemic like is that what you want to have a big surge of people on your first day however i am the jury is still out on like whether or not anyone is actually gonna go see any of these movies this weekend because like the lineup for the regal near me which i found like sort of interesting So they have these three movies that I truly never heard of called Tulsa Unhinged and Words on Bathroom Walls, which (laughs) 
like which are I guess new movies that are coming out that they're playing this hmm. week and it, you you sort of have to be like deeply hidden somewhere for Shelby and I not to have ever even <laughs> like heard of the title of something that's coming out cuz I'm like looking at lists and things I don't know where these came from but then they're also showing Inception Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Black Panther, Deadpool, Bloodshot, which was that like Vince Diesel movie that um, uh, came out right before the pandemic hit, Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Goonies, Back to the Future, Jaws, and then the Clint Eastwood movie Unforgiven from like 1992. So this feels like a very... We really messed up on our theater. (laughs) I know. And it's like... Not a single overlap. Like, some of them kind of make sense, but some of them don't. And I'm just wondering, like, who is going to be risking it to go to the theater to see some of these, you know? <laughs> well, you you thought people would risk it to watch 9 to 5, so who, well, who are you I mean, talk, you like, uh, yes and no. I mean, that was like a thought <laughs> exercise more than an act. Like, if we were actually yeah. trying to make money, it would be different. But, like, who is going to see Sonic the Hedgehog? It's like... <laughs> Some people saw it in theaters very recently. It's out on demand. Uh, Like, is there a big audience that's that's like, you know what? I didn't see it. And now I feel like I really need to. (laughs) Like, it did it do that well? I'm just confused as to would you pay $5 to possibly get coronavirus and go see Sonic the Hedgehog? I think I think there's plenty of families who are desperate for literally anything to change that would see it. And to be fair, AMC, I don't know about Regal, but they tried to really prove that they are taking precautions and they're like doing uh, social distance seating and intense cleaning after every showing and masks are required for all guests and employees. So like, they are trying to co- to keep people like confident in uh their value. So I don't know. I could see some families who are like, okay, let's roll the dice on this one. <laughs> well, and being in Florida, especially now, it's oh, yeah. like <laughs> uh, I've I've had this weird phenomenon where when I because uh, indoor dining is a thing mm. here. I don't know if that's a thing in Texas, but yeah, they're open. But restaurants are open to eat inside. And I'm down here with, uh, you know, I'm staying at a house by myself, but like I have an aunt, uncle and cousins who live sort of nearby me. And since I don't have a car, they're the ones who are, you know, like Mm -hmm. taking me to the grocery Mm -hmm. store and whatever. Um, And so when I came down here, I was like, no, we're not doing like any, I'm not doing any indoor dining. That feels like a disaster sort of like waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we went someplace that we were going to get to go and there was literally no one inside. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's sort of like we did it once and I was like, okay, you know, like none of us got sick. And I do feel like it's a thing swinging back. Well, no, but it's like once when you, when you aren't doing it at all, you're terrified that you're going to get it. But then when you do it once and you don't get it, you're sort of like, oh, well, I didn't get that time. So I, so I can see how you have all of these people who are like, I've been doing whatever I feel like for six months now and I haven't get coronavirus. Like, why would I get coronavirus if I go to the movie theaters? And I sort of am like, well, I think that indoor dining feels like it's much more risky than going to a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like movie theaters are so much bigger. You're not moving around. You're not, I mean, I guess like some people are eating refreshments or whatever, but not everyone is eating. There's like less handling of things. I don't, so I'm interested to see like, will people do this? Will I do this? (laughs) You know, I'm like still trying to process through all this because they, because they also have been talking a big game. We've got air filtration systems. We've, we've, worked with the world health organization <laughs> on these protocols blah 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 so how much yeah. do you take that as okay this is safe and how much do you take that as we're amc and we desperately need money <laughs> so please come watch you know black panther right. in our theaters yeah i mean and i just want to point out that you know tenant isn't the first movie it's a uh, the new mutants is coming out the week before so lol Could be a big draw there <laughs> <laughs> big opportunity to test those um who initiatives so we'll see i mean i if this week because the other thing is now which is nice because all of the ticketing and stuff is over the app. You can mm-hmm. see how many people are in the theater. Yeah. So if come Friday, I'm looking at these theaters and it's like, <laughs> oh, there's there's literally no one who's going to this movie. Yeah. Then I might sort of wander over just because I want popcorn <laughs> and, you know, sort of the experience. But we shall see. I know. I I, I vacillate between I'll do it. Oh, I won't. I don't know. Ah, what a time to be alive. I literally can't believe it's mid-August. Like, I just... What has this year been? I don't know. We're just scraping the bottom of the barrel for <laughs> content each week. And now that a movie theater's open, we're like, oh, I don't know. Can we? Well, um, yeah. And and TV is running out quickly. I mean, we yeah. are going to be out of actual television <laughs> very soon. Most things aren't shooting. I mean, a couple of weird reality shows and stuff, but not really. And you have all these movies that are just sitting there looking very appetizing. I can't wait to watch them. So if they put them in theaters, am I going to say no? (laughs) You know? Like, who are we? You know? Like, the movie industry needs our support, too. You know? It's not like um, the push to do takeout. It's like we have to support the, the filmmakers, the actors the technicians right actors and actresses are dying they're dying from not having our business and we got to support them Mm -hmm. so true i know uh do you have any other interesting stories to discuss um well i guess the only other like breaking news i saw is that chrissy teigen is pregnant with her third which was announced in a john legend music video so so beyonce you know just like okay we get it you're famous but although i don't think beyonce's ever announced a pregnancy in a music video just fyi but she announced it on stage so it it just feels like a similar like oh i'm famous like look Mm -hmm. at how much you care about my personal life right but then she revealed sort of the the story behind it because um her other two kids were uh, born through IVF because Chrissy has famously been open about her issues with um, infertility and just not being able to get pregnant. And so people were surprised that she announced this because usually she talks about doing IVF as she's doing it. 
And she had just done her breast reduction surgery like very recently. And so people were like, well, wait, why did you do that if you were pregnant? Because <laughs> it's not really it's not really a good idea to do to go under to get uh, to go under for surgery if you're pregnant. But she was like, well, actually, when you do the surgery, they make you take a pregnancy test and it came back with a false negative. So it said I wasn't pregnant. I did the surgery. But she says she has this habit where ever since she's been in her 20s, she's just always taken a pregnancy test just because she craves like the moment that she her body like does tell her she's pregnant. And so she just happened to take a pregnancy test that month as she usually does. And it did come out positive. And so then she realized like, wait, this is actually happening. And at first she didn't really trust it because again, when you have infertility, it's just hard to really like believe in something, but that now it's been, I guess, I think she's like three or four months along. I don't know, but it was just a crazy plot twist. And so it was a totally unplanned, unexpected pregnancy that, uh, just came as a freebie, I guess, to, to Chrissy and John. So the rolling with the punches. I mean, exciting stuff. Yeah. I can only imagine how uh how wild that would be after <laughs> trying for so long. Yeah. So they're a cute family. They're sharing about it. Like it's Chrissy Teigen. Everyone knows her business. So you can go read her Twitter thread all about her uh discovery and I'm sure it's more entertaining than my summary, but <laughs> Speaking of knowing somebody else's business that maybe you shouldn't know, I found this story weird and disgusting and felt like I had to share it. Uh, And it's not really a great story for the podcast medium, but here it goes anyways. (laughs) So do you know who Joyce Carol Oates is? Um, Yeah. She's like a a novelist. She's, She's like older. I can't remember. I think like what? cold sassy tree or i can't remember what she wrote she wrote some book that you read in uh, like american lit classes that i can't (laughs) remember but she's like 80 now and she has twitter and sometimes she tweets weird things like she was tweeting about there was a picture a couple of years ago that was going around the internet that was a picture of like um uh steven spielberg with the triceratops from Mm -hmm. Jurassic World or Jurassic Park and she was and someone tweeted something about like how poaching was bad and she sort of like commented uh, as if he had actually killed the Triceratops which clearly he hadn't because they you know have been extinct for millions of years but anyways she tweeted yesterday so important to wear proper hiking shoes never ever walk in the woods in sandals the instep of my left foot this morning poison ivy question mark poison oak question mark (laughs) must have stepped in something and accompanying this was the most disgusting photo of a foot i have ever seen that was like swollen with these nasty blisters like blood on it so Mm. gross like if ugh. And it was just such a weird combination of this like old stately woman writer and this nasty <laughs> foot and why she would share a picture of this she online. I mean, answers, I guess like a, man. I guess a PSA for hiking shoes, but yeah. like truly grisly. Did people help her uh, identify it? I mean, I don't know. She should be going to a doctor. <laughs> Who knows what people on Twitter are going to tell you? Uh, so do you follow her? No, I just saw that this she, that this was trending, 
And and a bunch of people were like, oh, saw Joyce Carol Oates was trending, thought she died, but no, it was just her foot <laughs> fungus <laughs> thing. Yikes. You know, who are we to judge? Freaking quarantine gets us all tweeting all sorts of weird stuff. Lots I of guess. confessions left and right. <laughs> and maybe she couldn't go to the doctor because of quarantine. I yeah, guess that's exactly. also an option. So She's like, my WebMD bad. wasn't helpful. Let's turn to the Twitter. Yes, here's a picture of my gross foot. <laughs> yeah. uh, shall we get to love it or hate it? Yeah, what have you been loving and or hating? Okay, so this was a couple weeks in the making. Oh. Uh, we all know Beyonce came out with a new yes. musical film. Um, based on the music that she produced for the Lion King movie that came out last summer, the like supplemental album called The Gift, which isn't music that's actually in the film, mostly other than her song Spirit, it, but sort of accompanies it. Right. And it came out in Disney+. Plus. And when this was announced, I was sort of like, why now it feels weird that this would come out a year after Lion King, which did well, but wasn't, I, you know, it just feels sort of like that's over and done with like, why are we dredging this back up? And also my family was here at the time. And I sort of knew that if I watched it, I wanted to like, you know, be able to commit Mm -hmm, myself mm -hmm, to watching mm -hmm. the whole thing and not have like people talking or people being like, what's this? (laughs) So I waited for them all to leave. And then I sat down and watched it. And let me tell you, it was a transformative experience. Ooh. I mean, Beyonce is always amazing, but this was just, I, I mean, some of her best work, I think, as far as these visual albums go. The music, which I don't necessarily remember loving when I listened to it all last summer, I think somehow gestated in my mind and now was really catchy and I've been listening to it for the past week. The costumes, the dancing, just and and sort of the the music film video thing follows a similar ish arc to the lion King where it's like this young prince in Africa and sort of he's opposed by like darker forces and falls in love and grows up and kind of like rises above it and triumphs. And I, as I was watching this was like, this is better than the new lion King. Like they should have not released the new lion King. They should have just released this because it's basically the same story but told in such a more interesting, new, vibrant way. All of the musicians are all of these, um, you know, African hip hop and rappers. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's just like so bright and colorful. And all of the costumes are incredible. Like mm-hmm. this film should win an Oscar for costumes just because all of Beyonce's looks are so good and then she has all these backup dancers who also have great outfits and then all these other performers but it's just every single thing is is different and not like something else and is and is fitted her so well i don't know i was just mind blown i mean beyonce never ceases to like raise the bar every time she does something it's like better or more ambitious than the previous thing and i don't know why i sort of like doubted her in this choice probably because it was connected to the Lion King and Disney plus, but I'm like, no, I should just always believe because truly (laughs) she is doing something that no other pop star is doing. That's cool. So there is like a, like a narrative through line. 
I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's very visually, you know, interesting. There's some sort of like Beyonce voiceover parts. Mm -hmm. And also there are some voiceovers from things in The Lion King as well, Mm -hmm. but more sort of broad statements and less plotty. But you can definitely follow this arc of like this young boy who then sort of grows up to become the king. And I thought that I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's been on my to watch list. I mean, I've seen all the I mean, yeah, like you said, I think she's just is such a stellar, not only like performer, but just, uh, yeah, creative who just makes this stuff up and really pulls off some crazy, wild dance moves and all that. So I, uh, I've been meaning to watch I just sometimes I think my attention span just doesn't understand visual albums in that way I'm just I just don't get it but I'm I'm willing to give it a go oh I'll say this for it as well that the uh, I think sometimes with the visual albums not I mean even I think in some of Beyonce's other ones you run into like a slow song Mm -hmm. and there and it's sort of just like there's not that like they're not dancing there's not that much going on Mm -hmm. in it but this, I think, just because there's so many different sets and so many different costumes and so many different things going on mm-hmm. that I was never bored or sort of tempted to check my phone or fast forward. And also she's trimmed down the songs a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the best ones are full length, but there's other ones that she's definitely like chopped pieces of to make it shorter. So, it, you know, you get through it quicker. Mm-hmm. Another weird thing is, I watched it and I thought, oh, this is great, like, perfect. And then later I read an article that said that they hadn't been able to finish shooting for it. Like, there was more shots that they were apparently Ooh. trying to do. And so then they had to just go back and use what they had already and put it out. And I was like, I can only imagine what else she was planning on doing because <laughs> this already feels like way more than is necessary. Right. So, yeah, I, would, I think you would like it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Why not? You know, what else am I watching? <laughs> well, you could watch uh, Bloodshot at an AMC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll I'll, th- I'll throw, a, throw a quarter and see where it lands. And uh, yeah, I'll either go to the theaters and risk COVID or I'll stay at home and do what Beyonce would want. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of old news, that's back in the news again. Um, I am happy to report that I got to watch Selling Sunset season three, which seems like new news because we talked about this just a few months ago when season two yeah, came out. <laughs> when did that come out? Season two came out in like May, maybe April. Like I was going to say in Corona. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, what, yeah, yeah. how did they, how did this happen? Well, they filmed them, con- they filmed them all at the same time. I think what happens with oh, Netflix's gotcha. sort of reality arm is that they do one season, see if they have an audience, and then they want to make sure they have as much content like back to back as possible. Like they do it with Queer Eye where they have very short breaks between seasons. And so this, I guess, probably in part due to coronavirus and just knowing there's a huge <laughs> chance for people to just be sitting at home waiting, they released the season two, which sort of and it was just sort of like a contained, like there was some drama, but there wasn't like a through line of like, oh, cliffhanger. But they knew the audience would want to follow in because season three features the moment one of its stars, Chriselle's, discover is 
divorced by her husband, Justin Hartley from This Is Us. <sighs> oh, yeah. So sort of a celebrity <laughs> drama attachment to it. So I think they just really wanted to give that first allow a few months for word of mouth buzz to build and then just instantly release this before our attention spans moved us on to the next thing. And so season three was much more dramatic and like Chris Shell central. Um, And you also had like this weird switch where originally (laughs) your villain was this sort of drama queen, Christine, who I told you, you might identify with who (laughs) um, is just kind of, catty but also kind of likable and just one of those tv villains that you love to hate but it's not to a point where you're just like oh get off my screen i just could never run into you in real life but season three you get this new well it's an it's a character who's been there the whole time davina but she turns into just such a annoyingly frustrating person and so the tides just turned against her pretty harshly and it was pretty uh, funny to be on twitter in that selling sunset world which i don't know how big it is i mean it was like top 10 worldwide for a few weeks so i think people like the show but just the characters in it are are like mild versions of like the real housewives so it's a little more palatable for someone like me who doesn't necessarily love drama that doesn't feel relatable to some degree you know because real housewives Mm -hmm. are just so disconnected from reality but and these people are because they're you know selling million multi-million dollar homes in beverly hills and a lot of them have wealthy um you know either spouses partners or connections but there's something still very like blue collar about these people who are just struggling to sell a house to snooty millionaires so that they can, you know, afford their own lifestyles. So it was a delight. And I think it's a good opportunity for people to like invest in the show if they've been thinking about it. You know, anyone maybe listening to my voice right now or (laughs) it's just I honestly think you would like it. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Well, right now I'm watching Dead to Me and I'm watching um, Mrs. America, which oh, are okay. both also shows you've yeah, recommended. You're right, so, yeah, you're and right. And I was Those watching Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know, there's only so many things I can do. Okay, yeah. All of those are much more top tier. This is more, if you're just looking to fill a half hour during your lunch break, Selling Sunset is a good a good place to go. You know, we'll, we will get to the point where I need to watch this because <laughs> yeah. as content is slow moving uh this fall i'll be looking for something i'm sure yeah we'll have to do some throwback thursday episodes where we're just like okay this is what we're talking about i mean or hear me out throwback thursday we go to the theater and watch sonic the hedgehog (laughs) again round two baby yeah see if i come around on the little blue devil doubt it was it, great though. the first time i it's only gonna be better now that <laughs> yeah. we're more desperate yeah i mean if anything makes me want to rewatch sonic it's what you what we decided to watch this week so yes truly uh we'll be back on thursday <laughs> discussing the new netflix number one worldwide <laughs> movie project power starring jamie fox and joseph gordon levitt uh so if you are interested in that uh we'll be here thursday to discuss in the meantime you can follow us on social media we're at ps you're wrong on instagram and twitter you can send us an email at ps you're wrong at gmail.com and of course you can leave us a review at apple Podcasts 
podcast, which would be great. I believe we are at 89 right now. We are trying to get to 100. <laughs> so if you could, you know, leave us a good. nice <laughs> comment, that would be great. Five stars, much appreciated. And we will see you on Thursday. Bye. Bye.